0: This is an AMI podcast.
1: I think the biggest problem that I went through was the the grief of losing uh, my sport career. It is like losing uh, a family member. Beyond the Field on AMI-tv examines important issues impacting the world of sport. Many conversations I would end with me in tears feeling like, I was being told that I had to change and I had to toughen up.
0: Beyond the Field Uncut provides access to the full, unedited conversations. It's great that you represent Canada and live in Canada. It must be a great country to live in. And I'm like, yes, it is. But as a minority, there still is a lot of racism.
1: Join Paralympians Greg Westlake and Travis Morau as they raise awareness and push the conversation forward through discussions with elite para-athletes, experts, and coaches. This is Beyond the Field, Uncut. Hello, I'm Greg Westlake. In our episode on racial diversity in parasport, I spoke with former Team Canada teammate and friend, Kieran Block. It was truly insightful and eye-opening for me, so we wanted to share the full interview with you now. Kieran Block, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, I'm super excited to talk to you. You know, you were a teammate of mine for a long time, and one thing we never talked about was this topic of, of racial diversity and what you went through as a player. So I can't wait to have this conversation.
0: Yeah. No, thanks again for having me. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's kind of an interesting conversation, especially with uh, social media and everything and the way the world's sort of headed and with all this awareness of black history month, but black lives matter and, and all the stuff that's going on in the States. It is a, it is a big topic right now. And um, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's cool to get the opportunity to talk about it because uh, sometimes I forget that it does impact me as much as it does. And I sometimes just brush it off. So yeah, awesome.
1: So yeah, thanks for joining us, Kieran. Uh, we're going to jump right into it here. Uh, I'm really curious because you have such a storied hockey career from stand-up hockey to para hockey, uh, coaching, teaching, all the stuff you do in the community. And, and I guess where I want to start is going back to when you, you came up playing hockey in Edmonton. When did you realize that you were a minority or or, or different in a sport that's predominantly white?
0: Yeah, you know, uh, probably like fairly early on, but uh, probably around the time when I was like eight, nine, 10 years old. um, It was really actually kind of funny. One of the first times I really recognized that, that I was different because you just kind of go to the rink and you get your skates on and you, you kind of do all that stuff and you go and you practice and you play games and, you know there's fans in the crowd it's and you just it's business as usual but uh i remember being away at a tournament and there is was a, another player um that was black and uh, it it actually kind of struck me as uh, <laughs> I, as i came off the ice and i was out coming out of the dressing room and i looked over and it's like there's my mom talking to another black person and it, she ended up uh, befriending this this guy's dad And it was just such a strange feeling to see my mom, who's uh, my black parent, uh, talking to another black person in a rink, because I don't think up until that point I had ever really seen it. Um, There was another player growing up as well in Edmonton that was also uh, black. But, uh, I mean, between sort of the two of us, I, I don't really know if there was anyone else. So, again, it was always kind of cool when I got to play against him. And I remember just growing up, seeing him. But, but again, it's like, then you don't play against him and you play, you know, another five, six, seven, eight teams and, and you just kind of just play the game. Um, so it, I was, yeah I was probably pr- pretty young when I actually realized that uh, not everyone was like me, um, but it was, uh, it, it was kind of a funny realization when I, when I did actually kind of clue into the fact that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, white and I'm not the same as everyone else
1: (laughs) no it's interesting and uh you know one thing I love about your story is you competed at such a high level in stand-up hockey and then made the transition you know to the Paralympic uh, sporting realm and and I'm just curious you know do the athletes face the same issues in stand-up sports as they do in Paralympic sports
0: um yes and no um like the politics for sure they do play a part in both worlds Um, just like in anything it's it's such a relationship game um, who you know sort of who you're connected to Um, but one thing I found that I thought was pretty cool in the sledge hockey realm I mean still there's very few uh, ethnic minorities in in sledge hockey but uh, I found it to be very open and accepting of of just all people Um, just because of the wide range of abilities and disabilities that that people had it, It sort of was already a smaller community and it lent itself well to just adapt and adopt whoever wanted to participate in the sport. So I found that when I went into the sledge hockey world, I I saw just different people with different abilities ranging from intellectual abilities to physical limitations and everyone was just sort of smiling and it just felt like a a warm community. Um, But again, yeah, it's like, when I actually think about when I first went in, it's like there's. I, I remember when I was pretty young in my career. There was one girl; she was Asian, um, and I I, I just kind of acknowledged it. And then even as I got a f- few years into my career, uh, going back and supporting in the community, running camps, I remember there's one boy that was uh, similar skin tone to me. He was probably um, half half black, half white, and again, just like acknowledging that he was different. Um, and, and realizing that, yes, we're all different um, with all of our different disabilities and so on, but uh, there wasn't too many ethnic minorities in the sport of sledge hockey as well, so it, it's uh, it's something that I tried to just, you know, not really worry too much about in, in my whole hockey career. Um, it, um, unfortunately, there has been situations where it's, it's plagued me, and I've had to deal with deal with it but uh, for the most part I mean that's one of the great things about hockey is that it's just hockey and you get to go and play a game
1: Uh, I find that really interesting so just to kind of summarize that point you actually feel like because of people who all share physical disabilities or intellectual you felt that community was more welcoming to you
0: um yeah in a much different sense but yes uh, I didn't feel like uh, I was targeted as much. Um, and if I was, it was more of my ability that I was uh, so able-bodied versus uh, my, my ethnic minority basis of, of my skin color. Um, you know, just going around in, in the community, um, everyone's already different. So it's like if you imagine going to another community where maybe ethnic minorities aren't uh, as appreciated as they are in our bigger hubs and communities, uh, there'd be times where I'd be looking and I would see, you know, uh, people staring at me. Whereas like in the sledge hockey realm, it's like everyone's staring at everyone. So I don't get singled out as much. Um, and in the community, it's like everyone's just welcome to have one more guy, which I thought was really cool. Or one more person, I should say, because there's a lot of females in the sport. And um, yeah, it just, uh, it, it lends itself really well versus, uh, you know, playing in some of those rural communities. In the in the stand-up world, it's like I would be aware when I wasn't uh, playing in like a in a hub like Edmonton or Calgary or something like that, where you just get people of all different races.
1: You know, and, and you have such a unique background where you coach para hockey, you played para hockey, now you have a teaching career in Edmonton. Um, do you think para sport lacks diversity?
0: Um, yes. And no, uh, I I mean I think it would be great to get more diversity in the sport. I think it, you you do end up being limited um, in, in your client base based on sort of who has those disabilities. I know that uh, hockey is a tricky sport in the financial barrier that it causes with a lot of families, and I know that for some people, especially in, in like our, our ethnic diversities and, and minorities. They, they just don't have that same backing, the same funding, the same support, same types of careers, uh, especially as I see it as a teacher. I teach a lot of kids with a lot of intellectual disabilities. Uh, currently in the program I'm working in, uh, I work with students with autism, and it's, uh, it, there's not very many white people. So it's kind of interesting that way, but uh, the families uh, just have much more difficult circumstances uh, single family incomes on a, a very small budget and they're just trying to make ends meet. So it, I think if those people had access to more financial availability, you would see more diversity in the sport of sledge hockey. Whereas, you know, even in, in the standup game, there's still people, there's still more supports out there because it's just on a wider level across Canada. There's more funding for it uh, to get, even people into skates. Uh, And even in one of the programs I taught in, uh, if kids didn't have equipment, uh, we would get them equipment, we would get them set up so that they could participate in school, in hockey classes and instruction. Um, I just haven't seen the same accessibility for disabled sports or even in uh, sledge hockey itself.
1: And accessibility is one of the the common themes when it comes to para sport. It, It seems like everyone I talk to talks about we need to make it more accessible. I'm going to push your creative side here a little bit. Do you have any, any ways we could change that?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I think just opening up the funding, if you get, you know, let's say a grant for sport in Alberta for $500,000, it's like, you know, $490,000 from Hockey Alberta goes to, to the stand-up world where's the where's the financial backing for sledge hockey you know maybe ten thousand dollars goes to administrative things maybe they go oh here's 500 bucks to the disabled world um being a part of it seeing it uh we we started especially as i started my sledge hockey career we did have the sport of hockey alberta and then it was like you know with cuts and things like that it's like (laughs) it was i I almost want to say i don't want to say this because i i appreciate what they did for me early on but it was like they were happy to be like okay sledge hockey's off our plate and um it was frustrating because the support that i did get it early on was was very helpful um when it was gone it was gone and and i only got that because i was at the top of the game um i didn't see very much mixed throughout in the like house league levels and and in just in the community sense um i i don't see too many programs out there where it's hockey's for everyone but uh there's like the sled equipment from the two organizations that have sled equipment, it just needs a lot of repairs, needs a lot of love and, and it costs money. And, uh, they're, they're fighting tooth and nail to get a lot of that money. And it's just very difficult from what I've seen. So just sharing some resources really, I think would be a great start. And, uh, and and then just sharing just our, our resources from ice time to knowledge, um, like even in coaching and stuff like that, a lot of people just don't know. Um, sledge hockey is around. So I don't know if that would be like a a social media campaign or or something to that effect to just raise more awareness. No, and
1: awareness, accessibility, all those things, you you know, they got to go up so much. Um, One thing I never asked you, you know, as you progress from that grassroots level into Team Canada, um, and I'm excited to have this conversation now, but well, what's it like joining a team? You know, you make Team Canada para hockey player and you're the first and only ever black player that we've had. Like, like, do you think about that in the moment?
0: <laughs> no, and you know what? Like, I, when I discovered that just recently, actually, I, I thought, like, wow. Like, I I think it's so cool that I, I got an opportunity to be the first. Um, I never really thought about it when I was working my way up. I mean, just walking in the Team Canada dressing room before my first game, it was like, I'm putting on the Jersey. And I saw so many of my friends in the stand-up world get an opportunity to do that. And it was pretty cool. And I, I, I was very excited and honored for for my first, uh, uh, like my first time to be able to put the Jersey on. So I I focused more on that, but when I actually did sit back and realize that there wasn't too many uh, black players, Asian players, East Indian players, even in the world, it, it kind of struck me when we would play in, in a, a team like Norway in their backup goalie would be black. And it's like, you, you almost get that special nod to that guy uh, as we walk by. Cause there, it, it was me and him. Um, I mean, obviously the Asian teams are, are full uh, Asian <laughs> teams, <laughs> but even there, like, you know, there's still not too much uh, diversity amongst their team. It was just all Asian or all white. Um, and then I know the American team had a few like Spanish players and stuff like that. And, um, if I didn't hate them so much, I think we could have bonded on a really cool level, but uh, it's tough when you play a team five times in a year and it's, that's your main competition. Cause you want to kill those guys versus uh, be friends with them. And it's, so it, it would have been really nice. I mean, just to even see uh, like uh, Esther, uh, one of the people working in hockey Canada, oh, she's I black love,
1: and it's
0: you almost want to give her the nod. And, and, and uh, so it, yeah i would i, I always acknowledge that uh, people are limited in in just those jobs and and seeing those people when i see them but up until that point I, i'm i even want to say i'm oblivious to it a lot of the time
1: but 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 when you say kind of give the nod you know when you see a, a black person who, who works a role with hockey or on another team um, describe that a little bit is that because you understand a little bit of what they've gone through to get to where they're at
0: um, uh, yes and no. I mean, I, I'm, you'll never fully understand their story until you talk to the person, but I, I can share stories of when I was traveling with uh, the team when I played major junior hockey and uh, <laughs> we arrived one time in, in Kamloops and we got off the bus. We were going to Boston Pizza for a pregame meal and, and a, a black guy and his girlfriend wife, whatever, was walking by and, and he kind of goes and I give him the nod back and And as we do that, my my teammates are like, "You know that guy?" And I'm like, "No," and they look at me funny, and they're like, "Well, (laughs) they're like, why did you nod at this guy?" And it's like, "Well, we're both black." I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To the times where you know I'm I'm at my 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 home team arena, and uh, I'm sitting there, and I I hear uh, you know fans yelling racial slurs at another team uh, at at the other teams like. Team member because he's black and it's like it's frustrating because I'm black too and I'm like it's like they forget that I'm part of that community and and so even though that they're they're not directing it towards me it is directed towards me and and it's still hurtful um, to know that, that that's their view because you know the next day I get traded to that team and I have to come and play in that rink now I have to face some. Uh, racism on top of the other team and it, it just adds another element to the game that you, you don't you can't really ever prepare for um, it, it it never feels good it's you, you do want to be the bigger person and just brush it off but it, it's always it's always challenging because it, it cuts deep no matter no matter what there's there's no way to actually just dismiss it, it you think about it you reflect on it and it, it takes a long time to overcome those things.
1: Is it hard to play for a team or a community when they've you know, yelled racial slurs at a player on the other team that, that affects you? Is it hard to, to show up to the rank the next day and have that same passion for the game? Um,
0: no, uh, I, I think in the way that it's handled really uh, impacts those decisions and, and that mindset um when that happened the player or sorry the player the fan was removed and actually banned from the arena it made me feel very supported by my uh my owners my team um I had a conversation with the coach uh and really just my my teammates kind of all came around me to support me um and they're pretty good about that uh in in those situations and and there's times where we'd be traveling and we would have to uh (laughs) we'd have to keep on driving I want to say I was in uh, traveling to Seattle or traveling from Seattle to Portland. And we couldn't stop in Idaho. And I might be wrong about geography, but I remember not being able to stop for a pregame meal in, in Idaho. And we were like, why aren't we eating here? Like this makes the most sense in terms of timing for like to get us ready for our game and this and that. And we'd usually eat at two for a seven o'clock game or two thirty for a seven o'clock game. And, and we kind of pushed it a little later because we had to drive through because there was me and another player or two on our team that, that weren't white and they didn't feel that it would be safe to stop in those communities and really have me get off the bus, um, which is kind of alarming when you actually think about it. So it, it's it's really great when you can feel supported in your community. Um, and, and you know, sometimes there's just people out there and and they're always going it, to ruin it for for everyone. And, and I just try to hold on to that belief that uh, the community that I was playing for was actually filled with a bunch of great people and some friends that I'm still friends with to this day. And, and I know it's not reflective of their values. And it was just unfortunately one person making a really poor choice. And, uh, and like I say, the way it was handled just made me feel really supported and, and it made it easy to come back to the rink the next day. Um, had it gone a different way. I, I think I might've felt a lot differently and uh, it might've really impacted my relationship with that community.
1: And is, is that something I mean, I love to hear as a, a guy that was a teammate of yours, I love to hear that, you know, the guys closest to you, because those are your brothers. And, and at the end of the day, you yeah. need their love and support to be successful every team does. Uh, and I'm so happy yeah. to hear that, you know, if you were to talk to a, a, a child, um, a, a minority that wants to get into to para hockey or para sports in general, um, would you give them any specific advice?
0: Yeah, I would just say to just focus on the game, focus on the skills, um, be the best that they can be. Um, yeah, I, I, I hesitate to say this, but I think it needs to be said. It, you know, if, if they were white, I think that, especially in a sport like hockey, uh, it's going to be easier. So it's like the small guy that's got to work twice as hard to be recognized playing uh, against, you know, guys that are six feet and above. You, you got to work twice as hard because that guy that's six feet if you're 5'8", he's going to be able to push you around just a little more. So you're going to have to be quicker. You're going to have to be smarter. And and so really hone in on the skills that, that you want to develop, find what you're good at and become a master at that because you are going to have to work hard. You are going to have to work through some of that adversity, those challenges. And and even when I think of myself as a teacher, uh, I know that the when I first started my career, I was fortunate. I got to start in a hockey program. And the kids and the students that I related to most were most like me in terms of their aspirations and goals in the sport of hockey. The kids that I I didn't connect with uh, as easily were the ones that weren't like me and uh, not having uh, any, any black coaches, really any black teachers. um, It it already just naturally puts you at a disadvantage because when the coach looks at you, he doesn't, I, I don't, I truly don't believe, The coach ever saw me they would see the value in me because of my ability but they never saw me and were like oh you remind me of me when I was your age um, because it's hard to because I'm not white Um, I didn't go through the same struggles they 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 can't tell me what it's like to go into a 7-eleven and get stared at the whole time you're in there because you're not white and the the attendant thinks you're going to steal something because you're black. Um, and it's, it's not comfortable. It's not fun. It, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really frustrating. So just to to be mindful of that and, and just to focus on your game, try to let that stuff go and and just rise above and, and be the best so that when you face those things, um, you can just, you can brush it off because it, it doesn't matter. Uh, kind of like a, a PK Subban, that guy's so good at hockey and, and, I can, I, I want to say if he wasn't as good at hockey as he is, he would have had a lot tougher time getting to where he got to in the NHL and so on. But his drive, his determination, he sort of rose above those, those defiers and those disbelievers and, uh, and he proved everybody wrong.
1: Now, are, are you of the belief that in a sport like hockey, uh, as a black athlete, you have to work harder to
0: get seen? Yeah, for sure. Like you're going to get, you're going to get seen uh, as somebody that's different. You're going to get pigeonholed as like, Oh, he's black. Like he can't play hockey. Um, it's, <laughs> I mean, even as a, as a young guy, it was kind of a, a joke. Cause you don't really understand like the, the racial diversity and, and discrimination. Um, but again, it's just that reflection. And if you look at, uh, I don't know, anybody, anybody that's a, a white player, it's like, As a white coach, looking at a white player, I can see myself in that player. Um, When I went to uh, the Alberta conference, uh, the sports conference a couple of years ago, uh, I I wasn't even aware, but it was brought to my attention as I looked around the room that there wasn't a single other uh, ethnic minority, so no other person of color in the room except for me. And that includes people from all across Alberta at the highest levels of their sports, running organizations and so on. And it's like, how are they going to connect with somebody that, uh, ha- has, has just struggled on a different level. And I, I was very fortunate. I, I grew up in a, a white suburban area in Edmonton. Uh, my dad's a psychiatrist. So I was given a lot of the luxuries of your, your average white person and, and a lot of that privilege. And so I'm aware of that as well. And I think that's why I don't uh, see as much of that, the the black in me uh, until it's sort of brought out when I go to a tournament and see my mom talking to another uh, black parent. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm like, I guess, yeah, I am black. And, or I see another black player and it's like there's two in a, in a league of, of 400 kids. There's, there's three black people. Um, So for sure it's, it's, it's just that connection piece. It's that relationship piece. And, and the good coaches that I had were the ones that, that just actually saw my ability to play hockey and I was lucky um, to be given the time and the skills and the training to be good at hockey and, uh, and then just to have really some, some strong relationships that way so that I could build my portfolio as a hockey player versus uh, a black hockey player.
1: Well, and it sounds like a, a lot of what you touched on there, and I know I feel this way when as a physical you know, disabled minority, representation it's a yeah. huge thing. You know, if you see somebody like you be successful, it, it inspires you that you can be successful. Yeah. And, and do you feel like if you had more yeah. people around you, whether it's a, a black hockey player, coach, general manager, if you saw more black people in powerful roles within the game of hockey and, and, and para sport, do you think that would have inspired you to may, maybe, you know, go for
0: that and that it's so attainable, some of your dreams and aspirations? For sure. Um. I remember growing up, well, I'd always get uh, articles brought to me and, I would always pay attention to articles of uh, Brian Rafalski back in the day when uh, he played for the New Jersey Devils. He was like 5'9", 5'8", a defenseman, and uh, I mean, really one of the only few players in the NHL that was a defenseman that was under six foot, and I'll even maybe argue to say like 6'1", 6'2". Playing when I played in the Western Hockey League and obstruction didn't exist, a guy could hook on to me. And as long as his feet kept moving, that wasn't a penalty. And that made it really difficult when I'm five nine and the next guy I'm playing against, especially in the American divisions where, you know, the average height was about six one. Um, a guy can just hang on to me and, and as long as their feet keep moving, um, it's okay. So I, I, I almost wish I had more of that representation growing up and more of that model, because I think as a player, I would have looked to, give back more in my playing career representing those ideas and that those facts but again I just wasn't that aware and and so uh, I'm doing the best that I can now doing like interviews like this one and the one I did with hockey Canada talking about being the first ever black pair ice hockey player in the country and it's like it, it, it is very flattering um, I'm very honored and I just want to yeah share share that experience and hopefully motivate some kids in the future because uh, I didn't really have a lot of that growing up. Um, My, my role model growing up, and it's actually cool. I I have to give it props to Edmonton. They always had black players on their team, um, (laughs) but (laughs) Mike Greer was, uh, was uh, one of the black players that I, I, I looked up to. And I remember I was at West Edmonton mall one day and me and my friend were, you know, just walking around shopping. I was probably about 12, 13 years old and we saw him and it was like, I just thought it was cool because again um, there's not very many black players in the NHL uh, and just being able to see one in person. And I, I shook his hand and it was like his whole hand wrapped around my arm, not just my hand, <laughs> And I was like, this was really cool. And I, I remember that moment. And um, so I, and even like the, the, the tough part is like his style of play. Like I'm not a Mike Greer style player. I mean, that guy was a rough and tumble and he got in the corners, he mucked it up. Um, and I was a stay-at-home defenseman, or not a stay-at-home, I was a defenseman, offensive defenseman, at home forward. So we had different roles in, in, in the game of hockey, but he was still somebody that I looked up to, and I didn't even have a style of play that was anywhere close to him. So it would have been really cool to, to see a player like that, like a, a Jared Spurgeon, for, for example. If Jared, um, I know he's a Hampton boy too, if he was black, it, like seeing a player like that growing up would have been really nice um, to inspire me to be like him.
1: You know, I I know you played with and against some prominent um, minorities coming up. You know, Jordan Tutu, Dustin Bufflin, Nigel Dawes, Sean Bell. Is this kind of conversation something that when you guys are alone, you guys talk about?
0: Um, Yes and no. Like, I I know with uh, Sean, like, especially because we grew up like the whole ranks of our our minor hockey. We were together. Um, It was really cool to to always play against. And we kind of always share like a little bit of a joke being black or whatever. And you could see. The similarities, um, the way he would kind of get teased about it with his team and my team, and then the odd time when we would get to play like summer hockey or something like that together, um, it was really cool. Um, Guys like Dawes, like, yeah, I would see him around the rink uh, just in tournaments and things like that. And and again, it was cool when I just – it was more just a connection piece, being able to go over and just be like, hey, like how's it going as a young kid when you're 12 years old and nobody else is like you guys. It's cool to go over and just be like, Hey man, like, how's it going? You want to, can I get you my uh, email back then when there there's no texting or anything? It's like, you, you want to just connect to those people. Um, so yeah, it, it's great. But you, I, as far as just like actually getting into the conversation, not as much um, because I, I think it's sort of similar for all of us where it's like, there's just less of that awareness because you're, you're so indoctrinated into this world that you you see each other, but it's almost like, you stop and stare at each other and you smile and kind of like the, the, the black eye that I saw when I was, you know, 18 or whatever in Kamloops where you nod and it's sort of like you nod, but you're playing against each other. So you don't want to nod. So you just like make that awkward eye contact and you share a smile and, and then you just go about the game. And, and, and especially as kids, it's like you're playing just hand hockey and stuff like that in the hallways. It's like you go over and you talk to them um, when you get a little older and you're playing the Western league and some of that pro hockey gets to be more of that business type environment. So it's, it's less uh, accepting that way to just like walk over to like a Dustin Buffalo and be like, Hey man, (laughs) how's it going? Like uh, I noticed that uh, you're, you're not white and I'd love to just (laughs) say hi and (laughs) have you on my Facebook. So I can be like, I know that guy. And he's a a black hockey player too. Um, And actually a fun story about uh, Dustin, when I was playing against him in Prince George, I mean, he was a beast And, and one of my favorite moments about him, I was coming across the blue line, he had his head down and he's, he's about to take a shot. And I'm like, Oh, I got him lined up in the trolley tracks and, uh, I come barreling in and I'm, I go to take a hit and he's about to take a shot and he's kind of got his head down. And all of a sudden I'm laying flat on my back. He takes a shot and he turns and looks at me <laughs> and he was such a big guy and he was so strong that with his head down about to take a shot, he's still barreled over me. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's a moment I can say I shared with him. I don't know if he would remember that because he's probably done that to a lot of guys as <laughs> watching his performance in the NHL. But uh, yeah, it's just like it, you, you look for ways to connect with those guys. But as you work your way up, if you play on the same team, as I did with a guy like Clark MacArthur, we'd always kind of joke about it. and We'd connect that way for sure. Um, that, uh, that really not a lot of people are like us. Um, and it's kind of cool to get, a guy like that on your team, because it does give you that special bond, that special connection. And, and, and that's what I appreciated about the sledge hockey world is that I did find that, that similar bond in terms of just having a disability and going through some of that adversity, is that it was very similar in that the struggle I faced uh, just with my experience in, in the hospital, I was able to connect with Matt Cook, who was the one that introduced me to the sport. I was able to connect with Matt on a, on a higher level than I really have with a lot of people because we went through some of the same kind of crap uh, in the hospital, dealing with nurses, dealing with just getting poked and the frustrations and the news and the bad news and the good news and that roller coaster. Um, and that's what I really enjoyed about playing sledge hockey is that you could talk to anyone and everyone had a story that was relatable that way. Um, and it just, I found a, a strong connection to people uh, when I was able to play and, and join that uh, environment that I was missing in the stand standup game.
1: Well, it's funny you bring up Matt Cook, because I agree with what you're saying 100%. The, the reason him and I bonded was because he was an amputee. and And he originally yeah. reached out to me and he was just asking me questions like, how do I walk on my prosthetic leg? It was never about how do I play hockey again? It was, let's get my life back yep. to normal. Then we'll talk about hockey. And, and he always used to tell me, man, you got to get Kieran, you got to get Kieran. <laughs> and so, you, you know, with Matt being passed away now, it's so fun to, to chat with you on here and just know that some of those same ideals that I think the Paralympics really stand for of kind of helping your common man, helping each other get through hard times still exist. Yeah. So, so I love to yeah. hear that.
0: And uh, it's good to hear that those relationships still exist to the, these days. Well, and with Matt, like, and that's funny that you say that with Matt, because that was the same thing. When I reached out to Matt, it wasn't to join the sledge hockey team. It was Matt, should I get my leg amputated or not? Because this sucks. And, uh, and that was a lot of our conversation early on was, was more just that connection on a a human to human level of dealing with a, a really a a traumatic injury and, uh, and, and just a traumatic event. And so when you're able to connect just on those levels. I find that you can, you can find that, that solace in the other person that you can't really find other people And it. it. It does isolate you in, in some senses. And, and, uh, and, and as a, an adult, especially as I've experienced more, I've reflected more and just as I'm, I'm studying right now, uh, to do a master's in counseling, to be a psychologist. And I look at some of the stuff I'm studying and, and what, these experts are all talking about in in therapy. And it's like relationship, relationship, relationship. And, and and it's just building that relationship to connect on a personal level. Um, as, as psychology has moved away from that psychoanalytic, more into this uh, philosophy of existentialism and, and just really connecting on that level of building a relationship with a person before you can work on the therapeutic, uh, healing of that treatment you need to to build a relationship with the person so that they feel comfortable so that you can challenge that person and and I would say it applies on so many levels in so many different areas of life and and uh, and yeah and that's where yeah me and Matt connected and then it was you got to come play sledge hockey and I was like
1: uh...
0: <laughs> and I mean obviously I did play sledge hockey and it was a lot due to his influence um but it was more because I connected with Matt that I was able to get involved in sledge hockey because I wasn't so afraid of the stigmatization of being disabled because I saw Matt and I was like, Matt's the most able-bodied disabled guy I know to the point where if you saw him, you know, you wouldn't even know that he was disabled, uh, let alone battling cancer at a terminal level. Um, and I thought that was really inspiring. And I was like, okay, if he can do it, I can do it. And, and that was really what, what paved the way for me to join the sledge hockey realm and, and enter the sledge hockey world. And, and so, yeah, looking at, at just players, if there were more black players or, or even like I look at Juja Kara, um, I, I still feel like a, a connection to him just as a, as a human being, just that he is not white, um, very visibly not white. His name is not white. And it's like, cool. Because um, otherwise, the, the only other player I could say I, I really related to on, on some level was Paul Korea. I mean, that guy was a superstar in his element, but uh, he just wasn't white. And it was like, cool that uh, he was of Asian descent, but again, still not the same as somebody that's not black. Somebody that's black, you just, as a black person, you connect more with. So,
1: What would it mean to you if a player made the para hockey team, a black player, uh, Asian player, and just said, hey, I I saw Kieran Block do it?
0: I mean, (laughs) I'd be pretty speechless, to be honest, um, I'd be pretty flattered. Uh, I I would, uh, yeah, I think it would be pretty cool if, if, if I was able to support anybody in their journey of sport, um, and, and if they wanted to aspire to, to be like me, I mean, I think it would just be so flattering. Um, yeah, I I think it would, it'd be a pretty speechless moment for me. And I would uh, be pretty humbled by that experience. You know, you talked
1: about it in your last answer there about the, the human connection and how you got to know the person before you can heal the person. And, and what I'm curious about is when a player does face some racial discrimination, how can an organization or players or, or, or staff, how can we support that player better so that they don't exit the sporting realm or they don't give up on their dreams? How, how can we support that kid?
0: Uh, I think you can acknowledge it. I, I think we get afraid to acknowledge it. Um, at times, uh, I know uh, in one of my uh, last uh, games against uh, Swift Current, there's a player that they call me a racial slur in the game. And I, I mean, I kind of snapped, I lost it. And, uh, and the ref literally just said, I heard it, I heard it, I heard it. And it like de-escalated me completely um, in the heat of the moment of, of hockey and the frustration and the emotion that was behind it. I was like, I was at a stage where it wasn't comfortable for me. And, um, I, I, got an apology from their hockey team, um, from the organization. Um, and again, just, just acknowledging it, um, basically saying that, that I'm heard so that it, like there was not a single person that was, cause I, 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 mean, I didn't really do anything about it. Um, I got, I mean, I was yelling and, and, and swearing at them and stuff, but, um, just being acknowledged, uh, talking about it. Um, it's, it's something where it's like, if, if we're going to, if we're going to do this, let's do it. We don't, we don't want to be beating around the bush and, oh, oh, you know, Kieran Block entered the room and everyone's like, you know, covering their mouths, looking away and like kind of making that awkward eye contact and no, just how'd that make you feel? Like, I'm sorry that happened to you. Um, it's really unfortunate, you know, that's, that's not the view that I have, um, I'm, and again, just it's unfortunate that people are still there. Um, just taking some ownership and 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 just acknowledging what was said, uh, acknowledging that that's not you know your beliefs. And uh, I think that goes a long way, at least for me, um, just to just to move on from it. Because once I know I've been heard, and once I know that it's been heard. Um, it does validate my feelings. Um, people understand. I mean, the ref literally was like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's junior hockey and I felt like he wanted to come over and give me a hug. And, and I just knowing that <laughs> the way he said, I heard it, I was like, okay. Like I was like, it did really calm me down right away. Um, talking to my coaches. Cause they are like, what happened? It, it wasn't, uh, like they were, they saw that I was pretty upset and they know that I'm an emotional guy, especially in the sport. But um, they, they were like, what happened? And, and they just listened to me and they're like, they just apologized and said, sorry. And it's like, well, it's not your fault, but I appreciate that. And, and so I would say, yeah, just, just trying to work through it with me because I'm already feeling alone in that instance. And, um, that it's not like I can go to my teammate and be like, can you believe that happened? Because my team is probably white and, and, uh, they're not going to have that same understanding, um, versus it would be like somebody <laughs> Where to comment on like a, a physical barrier, it's like, be like, oh, you single leg amps, you're this, whatever. It's like, you can turn to the next single leg amp, be like, can you believe this guy? Um, it, it at least gives you that level of connection. So um, just acknowledging it, I think, is, is really important on that front.
1: It sucks that you had to experience that, but I'm glad you felt supported. I really am. Uh, did you ever feel that same overt racism in the parasport world?
0: Yeah. You know what? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Thank you for asking. Um, I, I not, not so much on a player to player level. I didn't face too much discrimination. I don't find from a player to player level. Um, I, the only impacts that I, I wouldn't really, I, I say this lightly and delicately, um, again, just that coaching perspective. I, I had a, really a lot of struggles in my career. Um, from just not classifying to getting cut from teams when honestly, like in my opinion, which whatever it is, what it is, it's, I'm pretty biased on it. I don't think I should have been cut. And, um, and I, I, I do wonder, I do wonder if, if my coach was black in sledge hockey, would that have changed things? Cause it's hard when you have a, a white coach, a uh, white manager, um, white assistant coaches, like, and then it's like, not only am I, I'm, I'm, I'm black, but I'm also disabled. I'm also the first. So it's like, I, (laughs) you think of Jackie Robinson in in his first, you know, baseball game, trying to make the majors. And it's like, I couldn't imagine what his coach had to go through. Um, just overcoming, having him be on the team where he was like, no, this guy's going to be on the team because he's good enough. And and then the way the fans treated it and so on. And it's like, obviously not to that extreme. I didn't have to face (laughs) racism that way, but, I do wonder, you know, would my coaches have been more tolerant of me, uh, more accepting of me? Would I have related better to my coaches if they were black or they were at least uh, some kind of uh, ethnic minority? Uh, and and I, I have thought about that um, because uh, I didn't have anyone. And and that goes, I and again, I, I say it delicately, but it's like that goes all the way up in Hockey Canada when we're talking about uh, the Alberta Sports Conference, every single head of, of every single sport, and whether it's curling, swimming, hockey, whatever is white. Well, where's my representation in, in Hockey Canada? Who in Hockey Canada isn't white? I, I couldn't tell you, you know, any coach that I've ever seen that's not white in Hockey Canada. So I, I think it is a big systemic issue, um, honestly. Um, and I, I think it'd be great at this stage of the game, there's enough black players out there. There's enough black people out there. Um, cause even as I coached, it was like, uh, I wasn't even considered a- as a coach for the sledge hockey team. Uh, when I was just purely coaching, uh, as a, as a three-time national champion associate coach, I wasn't even considered to be brought in, um, ever within the sledge hockey team. And why, why is that? Well, like, what more do I need to do? I played at the highest level. I could in, in stand-up hockey playing in the Western Hockey League, playing CIS. I don't know any other players in sledge hockey that have played that high a level in the world. So not only am I the first black sledge hockey player in Canada, but I played the highest level of stand-up hockey in the world. And I've coached. I'm, I'm a teacher, so I've got that education on, on, on how to work with people, how to develop skills, I've had success at at the highest level I was able to coaching um, before going to the national level. And, uh, and even at one point I was approached by uh, the Chinese national team. Why is the Chinese national team approaching me, but hockey Canada isn't. Uh, And that's something that uh, I mean, (laughs) you know, might be a little controversial for, for them. They might not like to hear that. And uh, if we can use it great. (laughs) Um, But, but that is a question of mine because it, it is frustrating. And, and, and part of my, my reasoning for kind of stepping away from coaching the provincial slide hockey team in Alberta was that there's nowhere for me to go. Uh, there's nowhere for me to grow. Um, I, I never felt... Uh, there, there's a lot of instances where I just didn't feel welcomed, where um, some of my other teammates were getting things that I wasn't being offered. Um, and even one time, I remember um, one of my teammates went in and, and, and asked for a bunch of stuff. And, uh, and it was like, okay, yeah, like, thanks for the information. And cause we had a conversation after and, and I went in and I asked for being, uh, alone really in Edmonton, not having, I had one other teammate to train with. I asked for, uh, a, a very, very small amount of money enough to pay for, uh, about three ice times. And I was basically laughed at. And, uh, and again, it's like, if, if I, I I do ask the question, if I was white, would that have been a different response? Um, so yeah, I guess, yeah, the, I, I haven't really faced it in my, from the players. Um, and I think just because of what we talked about being disabled, um, just connecting on that human level, it's like guys might not have liked me, but it wasn't because I was black. It was because I would pick them as I skated by in a delicate way so that nobody knew and then I would turn and smile at them with like a cheeky smile. Um, but it, 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 I don't think I ever really faced anything because, you know, when you're playing an Asian team, it's like, they don't, they're not going to pick on the fact that I'm, I'm not white because neither are they. Whereas when you're playing hockey in Canada, it's just a little more present. And so, yeah, I would just say that, that representation in, in hockey Canada would, would be nice of, like I, I, I was able to mention one lady and she had nothing to do with the actual like sport of ho- not sport of hockey, but with the team, with the coaching, with the management, she wasn't doing any, any of that. And, and that's one person and she was in, uh, correct me, Greg, uh, it, she was in uh, media relations. Yep. So wh- one person in media relations. Awesome. You're, you're the, the pioneer for the country and there's one person in media relations that's not white. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what else I can say on that. <laughs> like, Yeah, well, and,
1: and the reason it's important it isn't so much that it's just to take away some of the uncertainty, right? Because it's hard to not go down that dark path of, oh, it must be because I'm, you know, black. Yeah. And, and if you had more representation, then you maybe don't go down that negative road, right?
0: And, and you know what? I, I actually have to laugh because in my very first year, um... <laughs> Uh, in, my <laughs> in my very first year, I was asked if I wanted to be uh, hung up on a banner, which I was, I mean, I was so flattered. Oh, I was so flattered. If I wanted to be a part of a, a banner that would get hung up in, uh, in COP, and uh, I was like, yeah, of course. And you know what? Every time I'm in Calgary or driving through with a friend, anything, I'm like, I got to show you the coolest thing, because as far as I know, it's still up there today. So hopefully uh, it stays up there. But uh, every time I go up and look at it, I'm like, you know what? That's really cool. There's a giant banner of uh, it was actually me and Greg were were asked to be a part of it. And there's uh, one of our wins in Calgary there. And it's pretty cool. And and there's a banner of my face up there. But then as I've uh, gone back, (laughs) I think one of the last times I went back, I actually was looking at it and I was like, oh well, we got Kaylee Humphreys up there and we've got some other athletes and I'm like, oh, there isn't another single black athlete up on the wall. I'm the only one. And then it just, it did take away a little bit of that, uh, of that special feeling of, am I only up there because I'm black? And I did ask that question. Um, (laughs) And I hope that that's not the reason why. Um, and I want to believe that that's not the reason why, but it is a question that I thought of. And I was like, well, you would think again, in, in, in Canadian sports, when we're talking about all national carded athletes, you couldn't find one other black athlete. I mean, even the Avengers are getting rid of all their white characters. <laughs> <laughs> and now all the characters are, are, uh, black and Asian and East Indian and so on and so forth. And it's like, you're telling me in Canada that the cultural, uh, <laughs> diversity, you know, capital of the world that, uh, we don't have any black athletes. We don't have any East Indian athletes that are sprinters or bobsled or whatever. We only have one and he's in sledge hockey and he doesn't play for the national team anymore. So it'd be cool to see yeah, some more representation. Absolutely.
1: And I know you're a busy guy these days, and I'm just kind of curious. You mentioned being a part of the, the You Can Play. Um, well, yeah. what do you do? What are you doing these days to help diversity in sport? And is there anything in particular with parasport?
0: Um, well, I, I mean, I love to, to do the Matt Cook Foundation 24 uh, hour charity game. That's a great thing I, I do every year. Uh, I get to uh, participate now in the celebrity game because I played uh, in the senior AAA league, which is pretty cool. So I get to go out there. And then after that, I, I jump in my sled and I play the last hour and a half in the sledge hockey game. And um, so that's a big part of my, my yearly uh, events. And, and then, yeah, as a party you can play, I look to do any speeches, any involvement. Anytime I give a speech, I, I definitely address and talk about some of those situations. Um, and and it, it does lie more on the LGBTQ plus side of the community but I've, uh, I've also been including where I can just that aspect of my racial diversity in sport. And, and as I'm learning more about it, I'm, I'm also starting to talk about that. And, and even coming up uh, in part of the, the, the hockey conference, I'm going to be discussing on a panel with a uh, intersectionality with a gay athlete, a, a trans athlete, uh, a lady that's part of the Black Girl Hockey Club, which I mean... <laughs> I, I do feel a, a strong connection to her, even though I don't really know her and uh, potentially a, a, another player um, that's playing hockey, that's playing pro hockey. And, and so just through us, uh, I, I'm going to look to share some of my experiences and, and really we're, we're trying to focus on some of the positive experiences because what I'm finding right now in our world, especially in social media, especially with COVID uh, everything's online, everything's separated. And there's all this black lives matter. And it's a, a lot of, uh, hate mail to bring awareness. And so I really want to shed light on some of the positivities in that experience. And, and so even in my, my sort of my day-to-day life, whenever I get a chance to do something like this, I, I like to share some of the positives of, of my experience because uh, it, it gets exhausting when you're only ever hearing about the negatives. And um, there were a lot of positives. I mean, being the first black sledge hockey player in the country, it means I get to be an advocate for all other uh, black people in Canada that are going to start playing sledge hockey. And I do think that even in the stand-up world, I can still have some of that influence uh, just on that I reached uh, the highest level in a sport and I I reached the world stage and, and I'm a world champion as a black athlete. It doesn't matter if it's a disability sport or not. I think I do have some clout with that now and I hope that that inspires people. So when I do hockey camps, when I coach, um, I just I try to be there so that I can be that voice. Um, when I'm coaching at the even in the local stages of sledge hockey, uh, I'm I'm now coaching. I'm now giving back to the community, and I'm I'm not white. So I I think just actually being there, doing those things, um, I think it helps. I, I hope it helps because otherwise. <laughs> I, I do have other things I can do. And, and this year has been a little different because I, I have started focusing a little more on school. So I've, I've taken a step back from some of those other things, but once I, I complete my uh, academic uh, aspirations here, I'm going to look to go right back into, into the community and just do more that way where I can do it at the local level so that at least growing up, uh, you know, I can be somebody's coach that, that isn't white um, and, and hope to support the, like hockey at all levels, all ages, all abilities uh, from that from that perspective.
1: No, it's awesome, man. You, you know, like I said, I, I'm big on representation. I think it's so important. So I, I wish you continued success. I hope you keep breaking down barriers and, and keep showing that, you know, to be the example that you are. You, you know, you're one of my favorite teammates I ever had. And I wish we had this conversation 10 years earlier. We should have. And and I'm so glad that we got to do this. And I hope more people feel comfortable having these types of conversations in the future. So I just want to say thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart. Really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. And I think this is great, Greg. Like The the more conversations like this we can have, I think the better, uh, because it does just raise that awareness. And, And like I say, when I did that first interview with Hockey Canada, I was... I, I was shy to say some things because I just was like, whoa. Uh, and, and now I'm starting to feel a little more comfortable because it's, yeah, you, you talk about it, it normalizes those experiences, and then you can uh, look to share a lot more later on. So thanks again for having me on. If you
1: enjoyed this conversation, be sure to check out the rest of the series Beyond the Field at AMI.ca or through the AMI-tv app.
0: This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.